You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. I'm Justin Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Tex Western, Tyler Brooke. Same with the people, guys. Guys, we got tight ends now. This is fun. Multiple. So many yes. tight ends. Plural. Oh, I got so my it? bang the table guy today. I'm in a great mood. Yeah, you did. You called your shot. They, yeah, yesterday, what, Tex, you took the victory lap for yep. uh, for Van Ness. Tyler absolutely called his shot. When we were talking about our guys, you were like, I don't care. Like, he's not really a Packers type, but this is my dude. We got him. Jaden Reed out of uh, Michigan Wild. State. Never in a million years would I have guessed he was a Packer. Just did not fit anything. But the fact that Gudikans just said on record after the draft they plan on using him in the slot and as a return man, like that's a really good fit for his skill set. So that's the wide receiver. He what's interesting is they have advanced background on him because they hired uh Tim Lester, who yep. used to be the head coach at Western Michigan, to be an analyst for them. I think Lester and LaFleur cross paths at some point. If I'm, if I remember, yes, yes. Because Lafleur, I knew he grew up like in those like weird directional Michigan schools and stuff, and that's where you know he was in uh, Bob Salah's wedding and all that stuff. Um, So Lester's with the team now. You're probably wondering, like, why do I care about a Michigan State Western Michigan connection? Well, Reed transferred out of Western Michigan after his true freshman year. He was there, became a freshman All-American as a true uh, freshman, and then, you know, continued to play at Michigan State, where apparently that's where his high school teammate was at, Peyton Thorne, if I'm yeah, yeah, they were both. correctly. From what I've been told, big reason he wanted to go to Michigan State was he wanted to play with Thorne because they had played together in high school. Yeah. So he had like a 1,000 yards last year. This year, the whole thing is people saying like, Kenneth Walker wasn't in the backfield. He dealt with, I think, three different injuries. It was like, I think it was like a preseason ankle, a uh, in-season hip, and then he ran and hit a bench so hard that he needed like stitch, like a deep laceration oh, from God. a bench that he on the sideline. So, oh. yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of like weird things. Michigan State's not a very good football team this year. They they have kind of tanked out after that one year of of getting high high level transfer portal guys in. Um, Tyler, you speak on him because you've seen him. I haven't like grinded the tape. I've, I, when, you know, throughout the day, just like in the background, I've put up his highlights and stuff just to get a look at like athletic, athletic ability. But like, I'm not like watching the all 22 or anything like that. I, it, I kind of think of like, um, when we talk about Chris Smith, right? Like, didn't test well, but like on the field, you feel like he's a better athlete. Hmm. That's what I see when I watch Jaden Reed because he just moves differently in open space. Uh, after the catch, he has wiggle. He just can make guys miss with ease. Uh, I'm very surprised given his size of how he's able to like stack defenders and come away with contested catches. So he's got like the leaping ability there. 
Um, he does have good top end play speed. I was surprised by his 40 time though. Like I didn't expect that kind of top end play speed from him. Um, so and the Packers sure apparently it, had it even faster because he ran four, what, three, four, four, five, and yeah, they yeah. had four, three, seven. They yep. asked him what he ran, uh, in training and stuff like that. And he said, you know, he thought he was going to run super low four fours, but that in, in training, you know, he hit like high four threes. So it seems to be around the range that he's supposed to be playing at. He's going to be wearing number one. It's always fun. That's a, that's a crazy one. First, uh, should be the first packer to wear number one in a regular season game since Hurley back in the twenties, I think. Was that, that was one of those. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but that's one of those like unofficially retired numbers that, uh, I guess, I guess when you're retiring more numbers, eventually they're going to have to go to fractions like they did in Futurama at some point. (laughs) Well, they're talking about adding an extra digit, right? Well, zero is approved. So, or yeah, go to three digits. Yeah. There you go. I have a quick question. This is an aside. The Aaron Rodgers thing about him not wearing 12 anymore, right? <laughs> That's 100% just like a no one come ask me if a Packer can ever wear 12, right? It's just like let's let's stop that. Yeah, I like that. I, I think that 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 checks out. So And there's no way anyone's going to wear 12 between now no. and whenever they retire it. Like No. Come on. They're going to draft Stetson Bennett and let him wear 12. Oh, or God. Please, no. No, absolutely not. we got to find like who the goofiest 12 could be in this draft. It would probably be a kicker. Um, what did Moody go. wear? So, and, I mean, it's too late for Moody because Moody, Moody went from us. at 99 to freaking San Francisco. Top 100 pick on a kicker. Good the Lord. 49ers took a kicker and my last ranked tight end in the third round. <laughs> so... Okay, before we get into that, let's hold that thought, okay? Before we get into that, I want to talk about Jaden Reed just a little bit more, even though I haven't seen him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So he's got 38 punt returns for 581 yards in his career, three punt return touchdowns. He's more of a factor as a punt returner than as a kick returner. Keyshawn Nixon is the opposite way, right? Like he's not doing that many punt returns. He's an amazing kick returner. So I think there's value in that alone like beyond even just like he's the wide receiver it's like he's also gonna get like what three four touches a game as a punt returner at the very least and you know he's probably the jet motion guy in this offense i mean they don't want to put we we saw how the two running back thing worked out last year and having aaron jones being the jet guy like yeah we we could be done with that yeah i i think you can see you'll still see some for for watson um, because mm-hmm. he flashed on on the jet yeah. stuff a lot last year too. But um, but having two guys who can do it, that's that's gonna be fun. And they're very different body types. Obviously, Watson being the 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 much bigger body guy, um, that's gonna be fun. I like it. But yeah, I'm looking at his uh, game logs, and he had those two punt return touchdowns in back to back games last uh, in 2021. Yeah. Uh, one against Nebraska, one against Western Kentucky. Uh, he so, had 11 fun. punt returns that year, not this year, last year. <laughs> For 238 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. That'll kind do. of hard to beat that. Um, I do. did end up going back and looking at uh, Bob McGinn's stuff. Because Bob McGinn, mm. when he writes up the specialist, and for whatever you want to say about Bob McGinn, I do think, like, I, I don't know how much you can get out of the actual reports because so much of it is just like, Love the athletic ability. Kid's a great kid. And then it's like, and another scout said, kid's literally the devil. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's it's a lot of that. But he does rank very highly in terms of, like, 
when he puts out his top 100, it ranks very well. He has like always that. done tremendously yeah. well at, at getting that like top 100 guys. Where do you think uh, Reed ranked on his return rankings, returner rankings? Mm. I mean, top top two or three, probably, right? Number one? one. Wow. It was him All and right. then Tank Dell, who I think went ahead of him or in the same range as him at the very least. I think he was uh, maybe he in the 60s to Houston, yeah. I think. But not too far later. Yeah. Yeah. That also he tracks. Was, he was fun mm-hmm. to watch as a return man. Yeah. He was like the 160 pound wide receiver who I don't think Green Bay even would come close to considering that, that type of a guy at that type of size. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think so that's you're... kind of the selling point is like this, like this is the return. Like if, if not the returner, one of the top returners in this class. So what you're saying is Rich Bisaccia continues to exert his influence over this roster construction. Dude, it's so funny. They're asking uh they're asking Musgrave about like punt blocks. Yeah. And stuff like that. It, everyone is just special teams pilled right now. Um I like Bisaccia. I mean keep doing it, buddy. Yeah. I I, I welcome more Bisaccia. We're gonna I we're gonna end up this team is gonna end up rostering like eight safeties and four of them are well, I guess Car- Carpenter is a, a linebacker now, so seven safeties yeah. and like four of them are gonna be special teams only guys. Yeah. Um okay. What did I told you tell you guys to hold on to? You were talking- Moody and Cameron Latu for the four okay. Two points here. Moody, probably the only kicker who should get drafted. Uh, and he already went. We 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 talked about this. Leading up to this, there's like a country of justice. (laughs) There's like four teams (laughs) that needed, there's like four teams that needed a kicker. So like there was actually going to be a market for a kick, a high level kicker prospect in this class. There's veterans out there. I'm sure they're going to sign a perfectly fine veteran. Like there's half the, like you could get Robbie gold who's washed, but like he's decent and he could do kickoffs at the very least. Has always kicked well outdoors in Chicago. So sure. Sign me up. Hell. Like you can get a guy like that. Um, the other thing, Cameron Latu. Cameron Latu of the Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> we talked about this before. Yes. Bama actively tried to get better at tight end over the last offseason. Not this offseason, last offseason. They tried to recruit guys like Kincaid, like Musgrave, like Kraft to to go to Alabama and basically like entice them with NIL deals. And none of them took the bait Um, in the like after he got drafted, they have like the phone call, you know, it's like a local media scrum on a phone call, basically, like with the prospects who end up getting drafted, crafted, confirmed that, yeah, like he had a six figure NIL deal lined up with with an SEC team that he turned down to keep playing at South Dakota State. Um, From what I've been told, that team is Alabama. And yeah, I mean, that's (laughs) they they. They nailed the tight end runs, right? Like they didn't have to yep. trade up for anyone for the first one, and you end up getting Musgrave. And then, you know, he fall the second one, Kraft falls just like right into your lap right before it gets real dark. And it's like Cameron Latu and then like Zach Kuntz, the guy who like can't play football right now, but is like a <laughs> very, very good athlete. Like you nailed yeah. it. You nailed yeah. it. Congrats. I, I will say I was. I liked the Musgrave pick, but I was a little nervous. I think it's just because I've become addicted to watching the run and stopping the run that I really was looking for a why early on. Um, but once they took Kraft, just like the combination of those two on day two 
is just it's going to unlock the offense, especially if Jordan Love wants to run the offense. Uh, it's exciting, man. Yeah, the 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 combination, the the complementary nature of those two players, I think, is what is what really sells me. Yeah. Because yeah, you can have Musgrave be that guy that they tried to get with Darren Waller a couple times in the last year or two, um, the detached physical mismatch receiving option, and then Kraft be kind of a yak guy, do the do the dirty work, run blocking from day one as a Y. It just it sets up so well for um for the way this team can can use 12 personnel moving forward. I love it. I mean, if you were asking me like two tight ends that you realistically could pair in the second and third round, like this is probably what it would look like. Musgrave wasn't my highest rated tight end, like even on the board. I, I liked Kraft even uh, better than Musgrave just because I think it's going to take Musgrave a little bit more time. Um, but Musgrave, I, the, the one thing I always said about Musgrave is he has the highest upside of this entire draft class at the tight end position, just because his athletic ability, even in a strong tight end class that is highly athletic, um, stands head and shoulders above everyone else. I think this tight end run today was so weird. So early on, we get, uh, I think Detroit and the Raiders both trading up back to back picks. Sam Laporta, you know, like the undersized Iowa kid who he's a really good pass catcher, but he's not like a like tight end, tight end, right? Like he's more of like, uh, I don't even know who the, uh, who's the dude who played for the Colts? Um, oh, Dallas Clark. Yeah. He's, he's more like that. Yeah. You know what yep. I mean? Like he's, yep. he's like, hey, they both went to Iowa too, right? Yep. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yes. Wow. I'm sure millions of people have made that comparison. <laughs> um, so he goes and it's like, what the heck is even going on yeah. in, in this class? Why are Mayor and and Washington still dropping? Mayor immediately goes the next pick, and you at least me, I'm starting like butthole tight. We we talked about this yesterday. We were <laughs> like, all right, once the second tight end that you want comes off the board, go up and grab the third one. That was our um, mock simulator. Literally, as soon as it's off the board, trade up. Yeah. Trade up right now. Green Bay ends up getting Musgrave at 42. No tight end goes in between. Um, Dallas, who was super active in the tight end market uh, this offseason with like their visits, stuff like that, ends up going Luke Schoonmaker. Mocker. I, I still don't know how, how it's said. I, I think it's Schoonmaker, but anyway. Schoonmaker. Um, who's good, but like a little older and... From what I heard, he he the injury last year was two shoulder injuries, which was a question for some teams. Then Brett Strange, who I didn't watch, goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the end very, of the second very, round. Very strange pick. He's ah. the guy who ran off uh, Koontz from Penn State before Koontz had to transfer to Old Dominion, or mm. whatever that's worth. They, yeah, Tucker Kraft just lands to Green Bay. Darnell Washington falls because of medical issues. So, like, if they didn't medically clear Darnell Washington. They got like the the last tight end with their second tight end, you know, in in the third round. I think they're. I believe I believe in this draft class. This is <laughs> this is this might be a good one. They've got to feel ecstatic, and and Gutekunst even kind of said that, um, you know, the way the the board fell with the tight ends that he just kind of loved the the fits with those two players, and again the complementary nature that they have, and um and and kind of double dipping on that is is something he's not been afraid to do and he even mentioned back to like one of his very first drafts that he worked for green bay 
uh, under Ron Wolf was the one where they triple dipped three straight DBs with mm-hmm. Antoine Edwards, Fred Vincent, Mike McKenzie um, in the first three rounds. So he's not afraid to to go after a position and hit it hard. I'm just excited about the potential in the pass concepts because the things that stand out the most with these two guys, Musgrave can absolutely fly down the field. Like for a guy yeah. that size, just watching how much ground he covers, there's a couple like plays where you see him, even at the senior bowl, you see him run down the seam. He's like, guys can't keep up with him. And then with um, Kraft, it's just, he's a bowling ball after the catch. So like underneath stuff, all that, he is really hard to bring down. Dude, and go I, was, listen, I was, go listen to his interview. He like is cutting a promo the entire time. It's crazy. I, I didn't know how tough his upbringing was either because you know i i hadn't looked into that stuff and apparently his pops passed away when he was very very like 11 or something like that and then his mom had like a really bad autoimmune disease so he was basically like raising himself and stuff and he basically got it out the mud you know what i mean and like i i the way he talks just aggressive and confident man but there were two 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 things about uh craft that i think are gonna that, that cracked me up. One was that um, his media picture has a backwards baseball cap on. So that's <laughs> hilarious. And the second was um, at one point he, I, I, I think it was Sarah Quick, the Packers PR director who was running the the call with the media. And uh, he misspoke and said, yes, sir, to a question. And then it was like, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. And then he's like, yeah, I, I had a couple drinks while ho- waiting for my name to hopefully get called tonight. It's like that dude is going to fit in perfectly in wisconsin it's gonna be great <laughs> yeah uh mina Kanz is in my mention saying that we need to make lovecraft country girls. oh my <laughs> gosh that's so good. i saw that i'm i'm so on board for this i feel like we got to see how these tight end roles play out before we start selling shirts of a third round tight end but <laughs> uh rookie tight end at the very least so okay reed again i haven't seen him very much i watched bigger wide receivers because that's what i thought the direction i thought they were going to go to. I, I think if Reed didn't have the punt return potential, I'm not sure that they would have taken him just based off of the like size stuff. Um is there any any FOMO about the receivers who went after him? So I'm just gonna read off the list of guys right after or five pecks after uh Reed went, the Chiefs uh ended up grabbing Rasheed Rice at a SMU who Green Bay brought in on a visit. Uh Marvin Mims from Oklahoma Tank Dell to Houston, which like that was never that was that wasn't gonna happen. He's 160 something pounds. Jalen Hyatt, uh from Tennessee, who I'd heard Green Bay loved. And I don't know what changed. And I've never seen a guy go from a top 15 pick to the middle of the third <laughs> round because he ran a four four. Like that isn't like there there must be something else going on there than that. Cedric Tillman um from Tennessee, you know, his teammate went, you know, they went back to back picks. Josh Downs, the solid receiver from North Carolina. He wasn't really a Packers type of guy. Michael Wilson yeah. from Stanford. He was a guy who had been he was maybe his entire career and, yeah. you know, basically rose up really far because of uh, the all-star game circuit. And then Trey Tucker from Cincinnati. I didn't know Cincinnati had a second receiver. And he went before the Tyler Scott, which yeah. was me. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with that. Tyler Scott, I think if you're looking at, Pretty much any consensus draft board, he's probably the number one wide receiver on that board remaining going into day two or day three. Maybe it's A.T. Perry or something like that, but I would think there are a few guys in his tier. Is there any one of those guys that you would have rather had 
than Reed? I want to say Wilson, but the injury history like terrifies me there. Yeah. Um, Hyatt, I have no idea how he would have handled press coverage. Like he just was never yeah. in the he, like you can't even get filmed to see it because they intentionally avoided it at Tennessee with that fake ass offense. Um, All the Tennessee guys dropped too. I mean him. Yeah. Like I said, him and Tillman back to back, and then they were both just a yeah. They were just a couple picks after Hooker went. Tillman was the one that that I I thought could intrigue the Packers just based on his size and his build um, of that group. I I still you know we talked about it a little bit on the Twitter Spaces. Um, I thought if the Packers bent their thresholds a little bit, maybe Marvin Mims could be a target, but. He seems like, based on the way they used him in Oklahoma, that he was more of just like a straight line deep ball guy, almost a little bit like the way, almost like Hyatt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he dealt with a little more press, I think, than than Hyatt did. But um, where you get with Reed is, I think, a little more of the the shiftiness, um, just the the short area quickness, rather than Mims, who's who's just a little bit more of a burner. So um, I could see that. And then, like you said, the returnability is, I think, probably the distinguishing factor. The more I'm, I'm looking at it, the, the more I understand the pick. I know, I know our, our buddy Paul Noonan is, is not a fan of the, the Jaden Reed pick. Um, Partially catch rate was, was not very high um, at any point during his career at MSU. But um, some of that, I I do wonder how much of that might've been related to quarterback play because I don't, think very highly of um Peyton what's his Thorne. name Peyton Thorne yeah. um which I've obviously Reed did but uh yeah as far as his his ability court as a quarterback um I think that could be playing into that a little bit too so um no it it makes sense and I'm not especially given what the Packers got with the tight ends yeah cool let's let's go uh, Wendell for Wendell Ferreira just tweeted this. Uh, Jaden Reed over his last two seasons had 46 explosive plays of 20 yards or more. Pretty good. So big play. seems <laughs> like a lot. Pretty good. You'd rather that than none. Um, <laughs> That's analysis. That's what you come to this podcast <laughs> for. So, so Goot in the presser, I don't think he said anything too crazy. Um, there were a couple of little things that he that he did kind of give a little bit of a um a peek behind the curtain when when they were trading back from 45 they traded back from 45 to 48 then 48 to 50 and he kind of said that yeah we just had a lot of guys on our board that we really liked um and so that was why they felt comfortable moving back and they got an extra fifth and an extra sixth to move back ultimately five spots and yeah. and took Reed a guy that they clearly really liked and then he live live i thought it was Hennon <laughs> hooker because i thought they were just like you you stick to the board you love the board we don't want to pick the guy at the top of the board oh damn we don't want to pick the guy at the top of the board what do we do we have to trade down we can't just pick the second guy on the board we have to trade down so i thought the that media, they were the media reaction to that would have been just not worth it oh my it gosh it was my been. worry going into like i asked you guys in the apc slack um like, how would we feel if, like, what's our even, like, our reaction if it's, like, Hennon Hooker, at, at, you know, in the second round? And my thought was just, like, just disgusted that they couldn't help themselves. Like, that's I mean, that, that would have been my only reaction. I was just like, God damn, you guys. So really yeah. always going to be like this. <laughs> like, it it will never a... change. Guys, damn. Fun Hennon yeah. Hooker fact. 
um, in high school, he was a backup quarterback to a new teammate of his, Emmanuel Mosley, was the starter in high school. Huh. Did you know, did I did I give you this fa- flashback already? Uh, Schoen, Schoen, Schoenmacher, I'm still saying his name wrong, right? Yep. <laughs> he, he was the starting quarterback over Will Levis. Yeah. In high school. At one I... Point. I was a year too late of seeing his senior day, so I think I saw him as a – hold on, I'm doing the math wrong. I think I might have seen him play in Connecticut, which is very strange. Huh. <laughs> now, the other thing that I think Goody said that was interesting was um, with all those picks, he did say that the Packers were exploring potentially trading back into the end of the third round tonight. Um so it it definitely seems like there there might be some guys that are potentially still out there that they might be interested in moving up from where they're sitting at what is it one sixteen mm-hmm. which is like pick fourteen or fifteen of round four. I think that's um, what he said, like fourteen. Which yeah, that, so, I, I would just assume that if they're anxious to move, if you're anxious to move, you're usually anxious to move in both directions, right? Yeah, like. If you're not going to trade up, then you're probably going to end up trading down. This, you don't want to be in the spot that you're in, basically. Right. But the Packers have so damn many picks on day three. They've got nine picks now to use tomorrow that, man, I, I, I know, I, I know you, you, you see nine roster spots out there, but man, that's, it's a they really lot of picks. They're psychos. They, they just really want to make a really, really long day for all of us who have to write about nine freaking players drafted on day three of the draft. So, if you're wondering, picks, man. Oh my gosh. He, he said he does. in the presser, he, he was like, you know me, I want all of them. They they have a one fourth round pick, two fifths, two six. They didn't have either of those six uh, before the Aaron Rodgers trade. They got one in the Aaron Rodgers trade. They got one in their trade back today. And they have the four sevenths that they, you know, came into the draft with through, you know, one's a compensatory, one's their original, one's the trade for, uh, oh, dang. What's his name? The tackle. Cole Van uh, Lannan. Cole Van Lannan. And then uh, the pick swap that they had for Corey Bajorquez way back in the day. Um, Bojo. I think I think they can make a lot of these picks. And I think it would be <laughs> very frustrating. Because the problem is they're going to make that top pick on day. It would be funner if they had more fun is proper English. Um, if they had a bunch of fourth round picks, right? And they could just kind of like clear out the board. But they're going to pick their in the fourth and then not have another pick for like 30 selections. And then that's when, you know, the run starts. Yeah. They're going to pick chat GBT auto generated players. Like that's (laughs) what's going to happen. So I'm just looking at my, I've got my trade draft trade value chart up. Um, Packers can move up from 116 to, if they wanted to go to 103, which is the first pick of round four, um, it would cost them, 179, which is the sixth rounder they got in the draft, the trade today, and like one of the seventh rounders, if they wanted to move up, what is that? 13 spots to the first first pick of of day three. I'll say like get rid of the sixth because seven in the seventh, you're just picking UDFAs anyway yep. that you want in camp for shot and have like a 50 50 chance of being cut right. And in the sixth, we were thinking, like, dang, maybe you want a sixth to be able to get Jake Moody. But then the hype started around, like, Jake Moody is going to be a fourth-round pick, and now he went in the third. So, I don't know. Use the six-round picks for ammo. Try to get two more good players. Like, 
you have 16 or 116, 149, 159. Use the six round picks to move those picks up and get some good players. That's it. I like it. That's it. Um, no, should he's we going to take, take every single pick and he's going to use all of them. Maybe more. I think he he's going to use back. the sevens. I think he's going to use the sevens. It's frustrating. Um, do you guys want to go through players we still care about? Because I got yeah. tagged by uh, oh, yeah. our buddy Ross, and he was like, "Is the draft over now?" Once Moody was 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 selected, <laughs> I was like, "No, unfortunately, there's still." I counted them. There's 27 players that I care about in the context of the draft for various reasons. Some of them are like their Packers visit. Some of them are like I personally like them as prospects, um, or like like their stories or whatever. So I, I still have like a round's worth of guys that I care about. I'm sure some of these will last through undrafted free agency, but we can start going through them if you guys want. We can go yeah, position by position if you want. Um, let's do it. That's how I have them laid out. Quarterback, I don't care. Tyler, you can tell me if there's <laughs> one that you particularly like. I, I Clayton Toon. Use, yeah, use one of the fifths on Clayton Toon and I like Clayton profit Toon. and then move on. The kid from Houston. Uh, running back, again, I'm I'm not really – I don't really care about the position at some point because I, I I haven't seen that very that much that many of them. Um, Keaton Mitchell is interesting to me, the kid from ECU, just because Green Bay brought him in on a visit. He's something like 150th um, on the consensus draft board. I would assume that he's going to get drafted. He kind of plays like the Tyler Irvin role, which now that Jaden Reed is on the team, That's I don't exactly know what if I was there is say. a Tyler Irvin role available. So. Yep. Maybe he was the backup option to not getting a guy like Jaden Reed. I don't know. He's, I mean, he's still super fun. Mitchell is. He's he was crazy, crazy productive for East Carolina um, last year. Two hundred carries, fourteen hundred and fifty yards. That's a seven yards per carry average, and fourteen touchdowns. Like, and a guy who's five nine and maybe a buck eighty five. Like, yeah. and just like you said, insane crazy speed so he'd be a lot of fun um i just don't know that i see that um being the direction that they go now that now that they got a guy like reed who can do some of that jet stuff uh do you have any guys you care about it's not gonna happen i don't even know if he gets drafted man like the way i'm seeing random people fall in this class like i i don't think he's too small i love it by the way I just want to – you brought up a running back – or we're talking about a running back, so I just got a flashback of things I've been told since the draft went final yesterday. Apparently the Jets were looking at drafting uh, Jameer Gibbs. That was something. Like there was that whole thing where yeah. uh, the GM – I'm spacing on his name right now – for Detroit, uh, Holmes, Brad Holmes, was like I kept getting texts from people being like, oh, we thought we were going to be the team that ends up grabbing him. I, I wouldn't. Be surprised if that's Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas has been known to use a telephone to send text to people. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the other thing was Lucas Van Ness was the Philadelphia Eagles guy if Jalen Carter wasn't available. Um, I don't know if they would have stuck at the pick or if they would have traded out of it, but you know, more proof of concept that smart NFL teams, literally an NFL team that was just in the Super Bowl and just won the NFC, liked that guy. So don't believe the hype on him being a reach, guys. I was gonna say you. Uh, there was you. You're mentioning running backs. There's one other guy I think who had a visit with the Packers. Uh, Lou Nichols, I think the guy from was it Central yeah. Michigan or Eastern? I don't even Michigan? know if he's gonna get drafted though. I don't know. Why. He's yeah. He's like a a seventh round borderline UDFA guy. He's just sort of like a little bowling ball. Um, 
He's he's like a mini uh mini AJ Dillon, I think, just kind of a, a little power back, five eleven, like two twenty five or something like that. So I don't think he's anything special, but I just figured I'd mention it since he did have a did have a visit in Green Bay. Wide receivers, I got a couple of them still. Um I think your boy. They could take another one. Well, which one? There's a couple. AT. Uh, yeah, AT Perry's the first one I have listed. The kid out of Wake Forest. I think he could be something close to MVS. Dentavian Wicks, who the Green Bay Packers brought in on a visit. Tyler's guy. He's the guy who I mean would fit in with the narrative of this draft class of like you have to go back to their 2021 tape, right? Um <laughs> uh Keishon Butte, who Coming Boudet, into this year, Boudet, we Boudet. we would Sorry. have assumed he was going to be a top ten pick, and he just it just didn't did not play out right for the kid. Uh, and then Puka Nakua, who I, I maybe he's a little redundant with uh, Jaden Reed now on the team, but yeah. he's kind of like that auxiliary guy, you know, doesn't end around. He's almost like a wing back more than anything. He's not like yep. I, I don't know what I would consider him, but he's not like a for a receiver. He's almost like a gadget type of guy. Yep. You guys got anyone at receiver or no? <laughs> Wicks is the one that I think is interesting, but uh, yeah, I think it would just be on brand with the, yeah, we've said a lot of, you got to go back to the 2021 tape today. Yeah. He's fun though. He, I don't know. I don't have anyone else. I can't think of anyone else off the, the top of my head. The, the only other one that's interesting to me is Matt Landers because he mm-hmm. had just yeah. a ridiculous okay. workout and Paul's Paul's guy from, from Paul's numbers. Um, he'll, he'll get drafted. I'm pretty convinced by somebody. Um, and I could see him being like one of those late round dudes, seventh round pick. If he's still out there. Um, he feels like a, we have Jonathan Mingo at home kind of pick. <laughs> Uh, tight ends could not care about a single one of them anymore. We have, now we're done. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, I am. I'm done caring. Maybe Ben Sims signs as an undrafted free agent. That's all I can give you. Um, offensive lineman got four break, uh, Blake Freeland from BYU massive, just like the super Mormon, like incredibly <laughs> athletic, super Mormon. <laughs> yes. Incredibly, athletic, I believe incredibly massive fits all the Packers, like short area agility stuff. He He could be, you know, a, a Green Bay pick. Jake Witt, the guy we mentioned, what was it, two episodes ago, and I got called uh, a coastal elite for not knowing that Michigan Tech was a school. Buddy, I, I graduated from Portland State University. Settle down. Um, Jake Witt I, was – oh, go ahead. I, I swear we've talked about Michigan Tech because Matub went to Michigan Tech for a while. So I, I swear that that's come up before. Oh, I've learned it now. Um <laughs> Yeah, so he was a basketball kid at Michigan Tech, transferred to Northern Michigan, played tight end first, and just recently moved to tackle. He is incredibly athletic. I don't know if he's going to get drafted. He might end up being like a really late-round pick, um, but something worth worth looking at. Chandler Zavala from NC State, he transferred up from D2. uh, I think it was Fairmont State. Um, He is like the most athletic guard prospect ever, and his film isn't even bad. I'm actually kind of surprised. He still lasted on the board. I don't know if it's like just him being an ACC. Like guards don't get drafted very often. Like mo- most guards in the NFL are center or tackle converts uh, at some point. His dad is a three-time chopped champion. Just fun little story. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like it. Oh, uh, uh, Anton, Anton, it's like Antonio, but without the first N. At Onio Mafi. 
big guard from UCLA. He's a converted defensive lineman. Um, he was up to like 400 pounds at one point, basically. Yeah. And he's cut a bunch of weight. Um, seems like the it's trending up for the guy. I, I don't know yeah. if he's going to be a draft pick or a UDFA guy. He's kind of like on that line. Uh, Zavala is the one I'm interested in. I don't know if they really, I think, I feel like they'd be more likely to take a tackle than a guard. Yeah. Um, just for sure. the way they operate. But, um, yeah, Freeland yeah, is like the one who, if they, if they decide to go line, you know, early on in, in day three, I think Freeland's the one that probably makes the most sense. Interior defensive line. All right. We have a couple we need guys it. here. We need him. We need somebody. We need a body. Yeah, this is the one position. We talked about this in the Twitter spaces and stuff like that. This is the one position where it's like, did the run get away from us? Did we just miss out on drafting an interior defensive lineman who's going to make any sort of difference on this team? Which, like, to me, I always thought interior defensive line was always a way bigger need than, like, the consensus kind of thought, like, in terms of, like, Packers fans. Just because, like, dude, you need someone to start opposite of of Wyatt this year at three, four end. And I know people are like, well, you can't spend another high pick there. We already have two first rounders on the line. It's like, dude, you can, cause there's three spots and we have a hole and it's massive. It's a massive hole. Um, the guys I would uh, propose Moro Jomo, who's, who's uh Tyler's guy, little, little undersized, kind of like a three technique type of dude. I think he's like a pretty good run stuffer though. I don't know if he's necessarily a scheme fit for them. And then, uh, three visits that they brought in. Carl Brooks from Bowling Green, who I watched a very small amount of film of. He was listed as an edge rusher multiple places. He had super high PFF grades, but like I think PFF has a little bit of an, an issue with adjusting for quality of opponent because like the Mac isn't getting a ton of good offensive linemen. And Brooks, Maybe a tiny bit. Brooks is like a three hundred pounder who was lining up on the edge, standing up in a two point stance. Like I watched him, and I, I don't. I don't really get it. Like, it wouldn't be surprising if they sign him as a UDFA, to me, at least. Um, the other guy, Scott Matlock from Boise State, number one ranked player on ESPN's board currently. Have not seen a lick of him. And then Jacqueline Roy, defensive lineman at LSU. He totally bombed the combine. Um, do you watch the film? The film is great. Super active hands. Have no idea why he was tested so poorly. Maybe he wasn't taking testing seriously or something like that, but if I were to look at a defensive lineman right now, I think Roy is the one I would circle. I think uh, Ojomo is the one that Tyler would. Also, yeah, Driven Dexter went to the damn Bears. Oh, that one hurt. Break that news to you too. That was that was tough God. news to give. Yeah, the Bears are having the, a good draft. Unfortunately, the Lions are making up for it, but the Bears are having a good <laughs> draft. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I don't know where Ojomo goes. I just know I'm going to root for him wherever he goes. Um, because I think it's fascinating that he's a four or five year starter that's 21 years old. That hurts my brain to think about. Um, but just such violent hands really can just shock and knock a guy's head back, which I really enjoy. Uh, Roy is the one, I think, because of the visit, because of the film, um, I think he's the most likely one. And I'll be a pretty big fan of that. I think that'd be a really good day three fit. Well, you didn't even mention Adebaware, the Northwestern guy. Yeah, well, I haven't who's, been on as an edge rusher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I keep I keep trying to figure out. Like I I I have no idea w- where he plays is going to depend so much on what team he 
he lands with and, and what that team needs and, and what they need him to do. Because like if, if green Bay would go after him, you got to think that they're probably going after him to be more of an interior lineman, given at, that they just drafted, point, post, given, yeah. given that they drafted Van Ness in the round one. Right. But um, yeah, if they hadn't drafted an edge early, all right, maybe he is standing up a little bit more and, and playing a little bit of edge. So he's, he's just interesting because he was getting some smoke. I mean, he was basically looked at after the combine as a second round pick pretty much consensus. I mean, a lot of people had draft day, had him mocked as a first round pick. Right. I I had him, I told you guys, we do that like dumb little blackout game. You get 31 names right in this draft class. And it's like first one to get all their names blacked out ends up winning the pool. Cause it's like, you're trying to guess the first round picks. Adabari is, is Adabari is uh, one of the guys that I wrote down and I'm like, I'm still kind of confused why some of these guys, Wow. Going higher. I don't know. So it's a weird one. There's a yeah, him, Ringo, um yeah. Washington's finally off the board. Well, but... Ringo apparently is a knucklehead, is what I've heard, to the point that play other players who are were on Georgia's team are telling their teams like, nah, dude, not this one. Woof. Which oh like it, the yeah. the bar is also the Georgia Bulldogs football team, <laughs> which has had plenty of scandals around it. So I I don't know what's in his background or if he's just a knucklehead and hard to be around. But like there not, will be the a, feedback is good. There will be a documentary one day about the Georgia Bulldogs because it's incredible 100%. that they've they've kept that team together with as much shit that's been going on. Well, it helps yeah. when like everyone is like a one year starter basically. So they just need like all right, Scott just has to not crash a car for one season like goodness gracious uh other edge rushers so a lot of this is coming from the tony pauline rumor stuff um which is work that he did during the pro day circuit uh he he reports on like what teams are like looking at certain guys and usually like a lot of the feedback is like day three guys frankly because that's where you kind of find that info out a lot of teams are trying to mask what they're doing early on in the draft um Apparently, Green Bay is interested in the following edge rushers other than uh, Adabari, um, Robert Beal from Georgia. That who, guy that guy has been on my radar from, from day one from the combine. Yeah. For whatever reason, Like I've, I just zeroed in on him as being like a day three Packers type. I don't understand why he's a day three player and Nolan Smith is a first-round pick. And like Harold did as the, the best value first-round pick. I don't get yeah. it. Yeah. Be- Beal, Beal worked out. I mean, he wasn't quite as fast as Nolan Smith, but nobody is yeah. as fast as Nolan Smith yeah. from a, as an edge. But he he had a great great workout. He just I don't know if he just didn't have quite as much production or 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 what. But it's not a first rounder versus like seventh rounder difference yeah. in production. I don't think so. I think that could be a that could be a real good value for for Green Bay at some point tomorrow. Um, another guy, uh, Habakkuk Baldonado the edge rusher from Pittsburgh. Um, you crushed he, it. Great job. <laughs> he, he's the other guy who played next to Kalaja Kansi. Um, Italian uh, native who moved to the United States in high school so that he could get a scholarship. Um, apparently, yeah, Green Bay is interested in him. That's pretty much all I got on that. MJ I, hadn't Anderson, looked, I, I hadn't looked up Baldonado's RAS until just now. Um, it's good. He's an eight RAS. He's 6'4", 250. Uh, really good agilities, good explosions. So, okay. I, I'm... I'm always all about take a flyer on athletes on day three and see what you can do. So go for it. I like it. MJ Anderson, the other edge rusher at Iowa state. Um, 
I think he has like four starts under his belt. He transferred in uh, to Iowa State and then basically became a starter, got enough tape to look halfway decent on film, and then was like, peace, I'm out. I'm going to the NFL, which is something you usually don't see. Usually that guy ends up sticking in school for whatever reason he decided to come out. I had heard uh, personally that Green Bay had been looking at him very closely while at, at Iowa State's uh, pro day. You know, I think Goot hit both Iowa and Iowa State. Um, the other edge rusher, final guy, Nick Hampton from App State. He's a 230-pound guy, might end up being uh, an off-ball linebacker. Green Bay uh, worked him out at uh, – they worked him out at App State and did all the drills with him on the field. Seems like they're pretty interested in him. Seems like they did a decent amount of work. I would just keep an eye, keep an eye out. Basically, it on that one. I didn't watch any of these guys besides Adibari, so uh, I'm kind of screwed here. You don't need to, unless Green Bay actually makes one of these picks. Um, I guess we can get into safeties. This is the last part. These are the last part. There's, of, there's uh, some names. There's some names I care here. About. All the, the safety board is. The the way we talked about the tight end board going into day two, and we're like, guys, this is setting up perfectly. That's how I feel about safety. Like, you can grab a safety in the fourth. You might be able to grab a safety in the fifth. That might be able to start for you. Um, the class isn't very good, but they're also not coming off of the board, which is part of the problem. Um, so Keely Ringo, again, corner slash safety, potentially. Um, knucklehead is the uh, allegations at this point. Antonio Johnson and and uh, JL Skinner, um, Johnson from AM, Skinner from Boise State. I think they're kind of the same guy. They're just long, and hopefully they get good at something. Like, they're not bad at anything, but they're not good at anything either, and they're just big. Johnson was a guy who was mocked as, First like, safety early. two. Early, yeah. Yeah, safety two in the draft class the entire season. Like, I just never really understood it. Like, I watched, I watched those guys, and I think, like, that's George Iloka and, like, George Iloka is an NFL player, but you don't take that yeah. guy in the second round or whatever, you know. Skinner, I wanted to like more. Uh, I just wish he was way more physical with that size than he is. I'm not saying he's not physical, but he's also not not physical. It's late. <laughs> it's it's late on day two. I'm tired. I don't know if I'm making sense. 9.38 p.m. Pacific time. Um, these are the guys that we like, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Smith. Safety from Georgia, who I ranked as my number one safety in the class. I don't care what the analytics or what the measure, measurables say. Numbers are stats a lie. Are for I've never believed stats them. Stats are for losers. Yeah, stats are for losers. Um, this this guy's a good football player. Give him to me. And then Jay Ward from LSU, who maybe he's not a safety. Maybe he's like a nickel or a corner. I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone moved him to corner because of uh, the athleticism he displayed. He basically was like the sixth guy at LS or the fifth guy at LSU, but he spent as much time at corner at slot at safety. Like he, he did it equally. You know what I mean? So like, he doesn't have a true position. He's kind of fun. He, he'd be a good cover player. He is fun. He's I, really I think fun. there's room for that. If you're going to play quarters a ton, he can hit too for a guy that plays all over. That's what I really appreciate. Yeah. Well, they gave him that number 18, which like, if you don't know about like LSU, like, the numbers they give out like end up mattering. You know what I mean? They're like, this is our guy. And even though he was like that fifth DB, he he was the guy who got the eight that eighteen number. Was it eight or eighteen? Was Ojalari eighteen? I can't remember. Maybe no, it was eight. I think. Uh, no, I can't remember. 
I think 18 I got, is the special one, though, because I remember, like, Jacob Hester, the running back way back in the day, had 18, and that was a big deal, so. Jay Ward was number five. Oh. Oh, that's what it was. They have, yeah, 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 We're good. Um, Jamie Robinson, safety out of Florida State. He's probably going to be looked at more as a nickel, more than anything else, and he was brought in on a visit with the Packers. I just don't know why they were so active at looking at all of these nickels. I don't know. Maybe they're hoping one of them drops or something like that. A couple of them have come off the board already. Yeah, I don't I, understand. I, his film was okay, too. I mean, yeah, mm, he was fine. Anthony Johnson from Iowa State. He was another guy that apparently Green Bay was looking at down at, down at uh, their pro day. I have not seen a lick of this guy. Yeah, Johnson's he's one of the few guys who actually like checks all the testing boxes for mm-hmm. the Packers. Um, he actually had a pretty good overall workout at the combine and uh, he's a converted corner. So he played corner for his first three or four years at Iowa state and then moved to safety as a senior. So he's still kind of getting used to that position. Tell I think I remember you, uh, you had watched him a little bit. Yeah. I tried to speed through him like last minute cramming. He was like a poor man's J ward, like movement skills, okay. stuff like that. Um, I don't think I would dislike him in that green Bay. I think he'd be an interesting piece. Two more guys. I promise we can make it through. Jordan Howden, the safety out of Minnesota. He is a borderline draftable UDFA type of guy. They brought him in on a visit after, from what I was told, extensively looking at him down at the pro day in Minnesota. He's a very good athlete. I would assume he's more of a special teams player than anything else. Last guy, Brandon Joseph, safety out of Notre Dame. Very smart, just kind of like an all-around uh, player. Super productive at Northwestern before transferring to Notre Dame. Um, that's all I got. I mean, there's a lot of safeties here. Like I'd be, if you get one of these guys, a list off the guys, I think are half decent. Um, Chris Smith, Jay Ward, Brandy Joseph. If you get one of those guys in the fourth or fifth, they might start for this team. I mean, yeah. the, the bar is beating out Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage. It could happen <laughs> this year as a rookie. Um, I, for one, am shocked that you described the Northwestern Notre Dame guy as smart. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not smart enough to uh, get into Northwestern grad school is the problem. A lot, of the, a lot of those guys, that's that's the problem with a lot of these. Sta- like, you guys remember after the COVID year, the big thing with, like, Stanford, their quarterback transferred to, like, uh, Mississippi State and all that stuff? It's because they, they're getting extra years of eligibility, but the school won't grant it toward a, a – an extra bachelor degree. So they have to go get their master's, but they can't get into the master's program at the school. So they have to end up transferring. It's a very weird Hmm. situation. College football is in right now. Yeah. We did it. (sighs) We we got one more day, guys. We got nine more picks to go. One more day, nine picks. (laughs) Is that the day we're talking about kitchen appliances for prospects last year? That was definitely last year. Yeah. We haven't Uh, hit that point yet. Hopefully. I don't know. Doing way better than last year. What is our uh, what is our Twitter Spaces schedule looking like tomorrow? I don't want to go on for every pick. No, There's I mean, so many can we just do it like once around? That's yeah. what I was thinking. That makes like sense, the, especially the for the ones that are. Yeah, and especially the ones that are that are bunched up. Um, yeah, your two fifths are ten picks apart. I think it makes sense to. You know, to do one after those, um, and we'll we'll play around with it a little bit based on if there's any trades, move moves, and things. Um, 
but yeah, like it's, we're, Vibes. we're not, we're not doing, yeah, we're not doing, you know, 10 or 15 minutes after nine different picks. Yeah. Um, especially not for, for four different seventh rounders. That's just, that's just crazy. Were there any player trades the first two days of the draft? Oh, no, no, nope. There was no like, nope. Yeah. There was no like AJ Brown or DeAndre Buda Hopkins. Baker. You are a Packer. Hollywood. For a yeah. Interesting. Nope. Okay. Okay. Here's something for the people who Mm. listen to the very end of this. This was information from a week ago. I can't remember if I said it on the podcast. Um, A week ago or like a week and a half ago. Buda Baker. The asking price for Buda Baker is low enough that multiple teams are incontented for him. Right. So it'd be like a third round pick. Well, the third round is obviously already passed. I assume they're, they're not going to get that. So, um, maybe they're going to get future compensation for it. Here's the problem. So because there's so many teams in the race for Buddha and because Buddha wants to sign an extension, Buddha has to work with these teams and kind of like approve of potential landing spots. Right. I was told a couple potential landing spots, Green Bay, which we can talk about the cap situation in a second. Green Bay, uh, New England, and Jacksonville. It gets tricky for Jacksonville now because their 2024 second through fourth round picks are all tied up into what happens with Calvin Ridley. And he has been reinstated, but like those, those, those picks haven't been like finalized. So they can't use those picks in a trade. Um, could create a problem. Could create a problem for Jacksonville if they still want boot. I can't remember if they ended up taking a safety in this draft or not. Um, I should probably actually check that out right now. Uh, (laughs) Anton Bigby. Nope. They drafted Brenton Strange, a running back named Tank, and Anton Harrison. Oh, my God. Balky, you are going to get people fired. (laughs) Holy shit. Um, So, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe we're still in it. New England, uh, by the way, did draft Marty Mapu, who's a hybrid linebacker, safety. So maybe that gets them out of the race. Um, the tie-in with Arizona and Green Bay, obviously, is Greg Williams, not that Greg Williams, uh, who is now the secondary coach, um, or I think his official title is like passing game coordinator for the Packers. He was the cornerbacks coach yep. in Arizona and, you know, obviously has a good relationship with Buda. If, Bu- if Buda signed off on them potentially being a destination. The the, the way to think about the, Bu- the Buda-Baker trade they can make the cap hits low enough in these two years to be able to afford it, but they're going to be paying that money back cap wise a ton in like 2025 and stuff like that. And maybe that's the decision they're, they're mulling over and deciding if, you know, depending on what kind of a contract he wants, if it's actually worth it, they can get a like super low cap hit number, not like veteran minimum or something like that. If they push all that money forward and they spread the cap hits over multiple seasons, if and only if they can figure out a Rashawn Gary extension and potentially convert uh, Darnell Savage's fifth-year option into a bunch of void years and push that money also forward. Um, or you could just trade him in the Buda Baker deal. See, you guys need a safety, I heard, because you're giving us Buda Baker. Why don't you just take this fully it. guaranteed contract? Good luck I don't with think that. I'm going to do it. But. Yeah, I let me I, in I the room. Boone, I will make this work. I think Baker is like, are you interested in nine day three selections? We have nine three day day three selections 
and Darnell Savage. Uh, yeah, so I think I think Baker is really in play. Um, when that happens, I have no idea. Uh, their GM came out yesterday and was like, "Yep, Nuke is staying here," which I think is news to Nuke, who is potentially being <laughs> held hostage until the trade deadline. Uh, oh, bummer for that dude, but he wanted his money, so he got it. This is what comes with it. Yep. Uh, any final notes, guys? We're going to bed. It's bedtime. It's it is twelve forty eight a.m. on the East Coast. We got draft starting up in just over eleven hours, so oh, no. it's bedtime. Let's do this. Go pack up. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.